Season's greetings, everybody. How you doing? Hope you're having a great start to Christmas week. Having a good holiday season. Um, welcome. Welcome back to the well, where we are feeling very festive. Of course, I am your loving host, Dylan Bowman. And today, as I teased in last week's episode, we have a very important and very exciting announcement that I am so excited to share with you guys. It is the launch of a new project that I've been working on with a great group of people for a while now, for the last several months. And I am just so thrilled to get it out of our heads, into your hands, and into the real world, and see what happens. But we are so thrilled about it, and I'm so excited uh, to hear what you guys think. And to be more specific, what we've done is uh, launched a new mobile app for runners that's going to be called Pillars. This app is going to be going live in both the Apple and Android app stores, we hope, on January 1st. Of course, with the holidays and the complexities of getting things approved in those app stores, um, we might be a little bit delayed, but we're aiming for New Year's Day, but definitely uh, sometime in January, if not on that specific day. Uh, but it's coming, and we are so excited. And in this episode of the show, what I want to do is explain a little bit about what Pillars is, about what we're trying to achieve with it, what it means for this podcast, and then finish with a sample of something that you'll find on the platform if you do decide to be a subscriber. But to start, just to give a little bit of background for those who've known me or followed me or listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that last year, 2019, was an incredibly difficult year for me, both on a physical and an emotional level. I fell into a really dark personal hole, the worst moment in my life, and for the first time, in my 33 years, I experienced just desperation and depression. <laughs> and it really was a full 12 months of internal agony for me. And simultaneously, my physical body completely fell apart. I got horribly sick multiple times. I seriously broke my ankle. I developed chronic Achilles tendonitis. I crashed my bike, I separated my shoulder, got a concussion, and just generally felt terrible uh, in my daily life, but then especially when I tried to run. It was really such a tough time in my life. And while I feel that I've successfully navigated this tough patch and emerged a stronger, better person as a result, the key takeaway for me was that the simultaneous deterioration of both my internal and external health was not a coincidence. That the reason I felt awful while I was running and potentially the reason why for the first time in my life, my body just started failing and I experienced several serious injuries was because of my toxic internal environment and the imbalance that I felt in my personal life. 
And it became crystal clear to me at that time that the body and mind are one. And that's where the idea of pillars came about, to give athletes a place where they can cultivate both their physical and their emotional fitness. And I guess the key learning from this personal crisis was the critical importance of cultivating and emphasizing our emotional fitness as much as we do our physical fitness. So just as it takes consistent practice and training to develop our physical fitness and reach our potential as athletes, the same is true for our internal life and our emotional fitness. It takes consistent training. It takes practice. And as I say in the podcast, in what feels like every single episode, um, when I reflect on my running career and think of the times when I've performed at my best, it's never necessarily when I'm training the hardest or theoretically at my fittest, but it's instead when my personal life and my emotional health have been in a good place, which opens up the energy and the enthusiasm with which I can then tackle my training and competition. So our core mission at Pillars is to give runners the tools they need to develop both their physical and their emotional fitness what we see as the pillars of 360 degree health and wellness and the basis from which we can improve as athletes and as human beings. So let's talk about the we that I've mentioned a couple of times, the who is behind this project and what you can expect from pillars on a practical level. I am very proud to say that my partner and co-founder in this endeavor is none other than my big brother, Jason Bowman, who some of you might remember from episode five of this podcast, where he was our guest and where we spoke at length about meditation and his experience with silent retreats over the course of the last decade. And Jason has long been my personal spiritual advisor, um, but what most of you probably don't know is that he's also a semi-world-famous yoga teacher, too. And he's touched many, many lives, both with his physical instruction, but also with his incredible gift of distilling the philosophy of his craft into words and in a way that us normal people can understand and relate to. And you'll see what I mean at the end of this episode. Jason and I are only separated by 14 months and we've been close our whole lives and we've been on very different but somewhat parallel paths in our respective pursuits. Of course, mine in running and him within yoga, art and meditation. And we've always wanted to collaborate more closely on something. And I'm just so very happy that we've finally done so with Pillars, joining our distinct passions into a single entity that turned out better than I could have ever imagined. So what can you all expect from Pillars if you do decide to subscribe? 
First of all, I want to say that the last thing we want to do is give you another app for your phone that you can get addicted to and feel completely awful about. There are enough of those out there. To the contrary, we really hope that this app makes users feel good and delivers real value into your lives as humans and as athletes. What a concept, right? As I said, this app is very much for runners, and it's for runners who are looking to improve both their physical and their emotional fitness. So what does that mean? What you will find within the app are many things. We have interactive training plans designed by me from 5K to 100 miles and for all different ambitions and ability levels. You'll find how-to training content from me. You'll find strength, movement, and mobility material. You'll find yoga sessions from my brother. You'll find breath work, lectures with meditation functionality. You'll find sleep content and much, much more. And everything in there is specifically tailored to the athlete. And we have great plans. We're very thrilled with the content that we have up there now. And we have just really big plans for adding to that catalog significantly and on an ongoing basis. So we'll continue to throw up new material all the time. And crucially for us, and something that I really want to stress to you all, is that Pillars will also have a very forward-facing community functionality where we can all interact, get to know each other, and strive towards improvement together. And in these difficult and distanced times, we hope to provide a platform of positive human connection, both digitally but also in person, whenever that's safe again. And... It is my commitment, especially for the core early users of the product, that I personally will make sure to answer every single question that you guys have, both within the community function and within the training plans, and so that I can really connect with you and try and deliver as much value as I possibly can into your personal lives, but also into your running and in your performance. So... You might be asking yourself, what the hell does this have anything to do with the well? What does this mean for the podcast? Well, the short answer to that is that not much will change. Except for, we are going to be rebranding the show at the turn of the new year to bring it under the pillar's umbrella. So starting January 1st and going forward... The show will officially be called The Pillars Podcast. You won't have to resubscribe, I don't think. The show should just start appearing in your feed under the new name after the new year. But I wanted to just give you all a heads up on that. We will be changing the name. And while I've always loved The Well, I mean, when I thought of that name, it just felt so, so perfect. And I really do love it. Um, it just makes sense to join the podcast and the app together into one brand with a unified vision for the future. But in terms of the material on the show, 
it will remain more or less the same. It really has brought me so, so much joy. It's the best part of 2020 for me is doing this podcast. And I am just so excited to continue getting better and sharing the stories of inspiring humans, both inside and outside the world of running. And really, guys, I feel so, so indebted to you all, the great audience who's listened to the show as we've built it together over the last 12 months. And as you all know, I've never taken advertising for the show, and I very much plan to never, ever do so. And even though many have asked, I also don't have a Patreon account, and I plan to never start one of those either. So if you're someone who wants to support what we've been doing with the podcast, the best way you could do so is by subscribing to the app and becoming part of what we're trying to build with pillars. That would absolutely mean the world to me and will allow us to keep this podcast advertisement and Patreon free. And while the podcast will continue to be free for all listeners in the future on whatever platform you do listen to it, um, it will also live within the Pillars app. So we plan to start putting episodes up within the app early before they go live on Apple or Spotify or whatever. And we also plan to eventually roll out app-exclusive episodes once we get everything up and running. So if you do decide to subscribe, what you get, uh, not only uh, the early and exclusive podcast content, but also all the other amazing physical and emotional fitness resources I mentioned a minute ago that will also live within the platform like the training plans and the strength and movement and the yoga and the breath work and the lectures and the sleep content, all that stuff you'll get as part of your support of this podcast. And speaking of the content, I figured it would be good in this announcement episode to give you all a preview of what you can expect if you choose to subscribe to Pillars. So we'll do that now. But before I sign off, please do check out our website, which was unlocked today. It's pillars.com. And you can follow us on Instagram, at pillars, where we put up a little teaser video today as well. That's P-Y-L-L-A-R-S. And you'll find the links to both the webpage and the Instagram account here in the show notes. So now let's transition. The following is a 12-minute lecture delivered by a, my amazing brother entitled The Philosophy of Endurance. Please do stick around to the outro where I expand a bit more and give thanks to the other members of the team who've made Pillars possible. Guys, I fucking love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being part of this. Have a wonderful Christmas. Hey, hello, this is Jason Bowman, and today I want to talk about endurance. Life is an endurance pursuit on pretty much every level. 
the short-term and the long-term, the mundane and the profound, all are consistent in their demand to exist within situations that we don't want to. Waiting for a ride in the rain, waiting for a coworker to respond to an email, waiting for a lover to respond to a text, waiting for the results of a biopsy, and also things like sitting through a dinner or a meeting or any conversation that we'd rather not. We're tasked with enduring the shortcomings of children and friends, or much more difficultly, enduring our own perceived shortcomings, existing in social situations with a sense of shame for having said or worn or even thought the wrong thing. These things are as common to everyday life as anything, and in some way our degree of success in dealing with aspects of life that demand endurance directly defines our experience of ourselves and also how other people experience us through relationship. One of the most gravitational failures we find in ourselves and others is a loss of composure. When things boil over socially, relationally, it is very obviously detrimental. But perhaps even more important and interesting is the boiling over that happens internally. Because, of course, you don't lose composure externally without losing it internally first. And here's the thing. Composure is born directly from the capacity to endure. Poise is a moment-to-moment -moment application of the understanding that whatever is happening right now is going to change. I ended the previous talk with the following statement. There will always be something you want that you don't have, and there will always be something you do have that you don't want. It's impossible to overstate the importance of internalizing such a truth. At the center of every single moment of suffering is the forgetfulness of this truth. And it's this we're dealing with most essentially in the demonstration of endurance. Or stated differently, endurance is the acceptance of the fact that there will always be some unwanted thing present and there will always be some wanted thing not present. The degree to which we can accept this, with some permanence, is directly related to our level of composure, and consequently, the harmony of our relationships, and consequently, our overall well-being. Now, I'm of the belief that uh, one of the reasons why human beings grow to love sport or any type of physical endeavor that demands endurance, is because such things give us an opportunity to practice interfacing with life's most difficult thing, only on a very manageable level. When you decide to run intervals, you're essentially choosing to suffer, and in doing so, choosing to exercise something besides your body, something much more interesting than your physical fitness which is, of course, your capacity to endure suffering. And through this comes a real solid demonstration of your understanding that it's worth it to undergo short-term discomfort for long-term strength and resilience. The things we learn in sport are directly relatable to our personalities, to our relationships, to our lives. With cardiovascular fitness should, without fail, come an ability to sit in traffic 
with more composure. And this is for the reason that we discussed in the previous talk, which is that any understanding that is internalized physically is also internalized mentally and vice versa. We like to push ourselves cardiovascularly because it gives us an understanding much more broad than the conceptual that suffering is impermanent. And if we greet it with composure, it lends an incredible invincibility to our spirit, to our ability to maintain a sort of lightness when the major demands of endurance crop up in real life, which they always will. Now, the way I've come to think about this subject owes gratitude to something I read many years ago, a simple couple sentences written by a guy named Tim Cahill. He said, An adventure is never an adventure when it's happening. An adventure is physical and emotional discomfort recollected in tranquility. This is no doubt a truism, but to me, at its heart lies a challenge to overcome its very truth. Simply, with the development of an enduring spirit comes an ability to bring the tranquility into the discomfort, rather than, as Cahill prescribes, needing the passing of time in order to make the discomfort meaningful as an adventure. We all experience this on the physical level in ways just discussed, but also in traveling and even in domestic arguments. Things that at the time seem like major setbacks come later to be seen as beautiful and necessary and ultimately meaningful. So then the development of endurance allows us to find more of that beauty and meaning in the very moment of discomfort rather than after it. And all of this, of course, shines a different light on what we call type 2 fun. Type 2 fun is defined as being something that is miserable while it's happening, but fun in retrospect. I suppose I'm of the persuasion that we should be able to achieve the ability to superimpose the fun onto the misery. I want to urge the consideration of something somewhat related to this. There's a, a very common internal question that works consistently to undermine everything just discussed. And that is the question, when will this be over? Now, it's worth including some temporal context here, and that is that this is being recorded in November of 2020, a year in which the question, when will this be over, has perhaps never been more immediate. When will the nightmare of the election be over? When will we have a vaccine? When will my business be able to reopen? When will my family be economically sound again, etc.? These are all incredibly salient and fair impulses in so many of us right now. Be that as it may, the posing of the question itself is undermining because it immediately takes us out of what is happening now, and more so projects a false sense of deliverance on some abstract shore off in the distance. I heard an interesting thing recently which is that the circuits in the brain involved with wanting and craving are not the same as the circuits involved with the experience of actual enjoyment. Which means that when you finally get the thing you've been craving, 
it doesn't actually satiate the part of the brain that has been craving it. This is perhaps why craving itself is an addiction. The realization of craved things never actually dampens the craving, which is why the question, when will this be over, is almost always fruitless. And this is at the heart of that adage that getting something you've always wanted can be the worst thing that can ever happen to you. Because as soon as it appears, you understand that there are still wanted things you don't have and still unwanted things you do have. There is no true deliverance. This then makes another adage quite interesting, which is the one that says, it's more fun to want something than to have it. This is the heart of endurance. Endurance is understanding the nature of desire, and not only with your intellect, but with your subconscious and with your animal body. You can think of a time or situation in which you said to yourself, when will this be over? Heartbreak is a great example. Or even something as simple as being stuck in an airport on a flight delay. In hindsight, the remembering self paints a picture of the experiencing self that is quite fickle or lacking in endurance. When we look back on those things, they always seem less intense now than they did then. Even the most devastating heartbreak passes much less the most inconvenient flight delay. What we can realize through contextualizing lived experiences like these is this. It is not the discomfort of enduring situation situations that come forward as memory. It is the attitude with which discomfort is greeted that lives on. Who was I when the tenderness or the uncertainty spread around everything? It need not be a joyful thing, but it can indeed be graceful. And what about the yearned-for relief, that renewal of satisfaction that we reach towards so stridently when surrounded by discomfort? That satisfaction will be as transitory as the discomfort itself, and then it will be replaced by another discomfort. The reality of this is anything but pessimistic, much the opposite, in fact. It is the birthplace of grace, because if we understand there's no such thing as lasting satisfaction, that no discomfort lasts forever, and more importantly, have the wherewithal to understand such things without defeat nor nihilism, then discomfort is no longer something to rush through but something to which permission can be granted. No moment is itself unendurable. There is no arriving, whether in our relationships or jobs or overall level of happiness. We erroneously assume we'll come to some solid place where everything is and will be great, and that's just simply not true. So learning how to marry endurance with a sense of humor about the never-ending demand of endurance is where composure is born. With endurance comes composure, which leads to relational harmony, which leads to contentment, and ultimately then to freedom.
there is, of course, I'll argue, no better way to practice endurance than in sitting still with your eyes closed for some time. As always, I'll encourage you to do so as often as you can. Pretty cool, right? OMG, it feels so good to get that off of my chest after working on it for so, so many months. It's a little bit nerve wracking, but so exciting. Nonetheless, I hope you're all sufficiently compelled by my intro and Jason's lecture to check out what we're trying to do. Again, visit pillars.com and follow at pillars on Instagram to stay up to date on details of the launch, including the date at which it will actually go live in the app stores. Again, hopefully January 1st, 1121. Let's start the year together on a high note. Before we go, I just want to thank the other members of the team without whom this project would have never become a reality. First and foremost, my loving wife, Harmony Bowman, who has been so critical to keeping the trains running on time and in taking the reins of so many different aspects of the launch of this project and who is clearly the boss behind the scenes. Harmony is a born entrepreneur herself, and she has just been so invaluable, not only in the idea behind the app, but in how it ultimately came together. So thank you to Harmo. Love you so much. Second, shout out to Ryan Thrower, who is arguably the MVP of the team. Ryan has been my partner and the producer in this podcast for the past year, but he's also a creative savant in many other ways. He is an ultra runner from Seattle. He's the mastermind behind all the content you'll find on the platform, audio, video, photography, everything digital media related is Ryan's responsibility. And he will continue to produce the podcast too. Um, yeah, Ryan has become just such a dear friend and uh, I can't thank him enough for all his hard work. Thanks also to Mael Backhausen, whose incredible Australian accent can be found throughout the app as well. He leads breathwork and sleep meditations, and he will continue to contribute in his unique way going forward. Mael is also just such a dear friend of mine, one of the people who's had the biggest influence on my running career and also on the type of person I want to be in the world. So thanks to Mael as well. Finally, another former guest of the podcast, my physical therapist, Matt Walsh, provides great content in the app too, bringing his 30 plus years of experience working with runners to help us develop better strength and movement patterns. Um, Matt single-handedly saved my running career when I was in the depths of my injury spiral in 2019 and we hope he'll be a consistent contributor to the app as well so thank you to matt um, i really do view this as a family business not only with my brother and my wife but with friends who feel like family too i'm just so happy and proud of the team so just wanted to thank them publicly on the podcast but that's enough for now thank you guys so much for listening and being 
part of this journey. Thanks for being such a great audience. If you do want to support the show, I hope you'll consider subscribing to the app and becoming part of this family. But either way, I'm grateful for you being here and I look forward to a bright future together. Until next time, friends, have a great Christmas. Love you, bye.